Hello everyone and welcome to the 18th episode of the Chicken Chess Club podcast. I am the very French Grandmaster Laurent Fresnay. I'm being, uh, I'm delighted to be joined by my friends, my dear colleagues and friends, uh, Jan Gustafsson and Peter Heinen Nielsen. Hi guys, how, how is life? Jan? Yeah, I well, I thought I should wait for Peter because he usually complains. We talk the first 45 <laughs> minutes without him. But then he doesn't say anything when I'm being polite for once. Life is, is rough, as you know. My daughter had her first day of school today. They grow up so fast. So I hung out with German parents trying to not look like a sociopath and do like usual small talk, waiting for, for the kids to <laughs> check each other out in the school. But other than that, not much happening sitting here back in good old Hamburg. How is your golf doing, Peter? Well, uh, you're spot on. Uh, well, my wife said that she would be away for two days due to the NBA. And like Jan, I really like basketball, so I thought it was a great idea. But it turns out to be the NBA, which is Nordic Baltic uh, something. But uh, she's, she's away, so I'm with, the, with my oldest uh, kid. And I took him to a golf camp. Like, you know, there's chess camps, but there's also golf camps. So basically, I go with him and uh, I just sit in the cafe or play golf myself while he's having, you know, golf lessons from 9 to 12. Then he eats, then he has sports activities. And, uh, well, that's basically how the, the day passes. And, uh, well, now he's uh, watching something while I'm doing podcast with, with you. So, uh, well, it's me and me and Marius hanging out uh, on the golf course. So that's, that's not too bad, actually. But, uh, well, I recovered from He's enjoying well, more than you? Oh, not yet. Well, I think we are both in the stage where the biggest problem is hitting the ball. Uh, and Well, I've played for several years, so of course I'm, I'm better at that. But uh, no, he seems to have a good time, basically. And, uh, well, there are like 15 kids there hanging out, so he seems actually to, to be enjoying it. Today he said, you know, the driver, that's the biggest. And he tries to whack the ball with a driver, and it still only moves five meters. But he seems to, to think that's fun. So now, well, I was also with him in the chess club afterwards, and he like gives mate being up with two rooks on a night. So this is sort of the level, but uh, he seems to en enjoy it quite, is my impression. And uh, me too, I guess. But also, well, I was about to say that I fully recovered from COVID so after Chennai, so that's great. And uh, I actually managed to isolate for so long that I didn't affect my family. So that was also a good thing. So overall, uh, well, let me for a change like to be somewhat positive, although there was some, quite some complaints. Ah, we'll, we'll get you down. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So in general, your son enjoys the activities you also enjoy, yeah? Golf, chess, Fide, are those his hobbies as well? Yeah, 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 yeah. We tweet a lot together, right? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, well, I think in the evening we are planning to, you know, again, uh, that we are on our own. So we'll play Wii together. That actually we do both generally enjoy, is my impression. So, you know, Sonic at the Olympics, this kind of important stuff. Um, Let's so so that, that's the, that's the plan. But um, Peter was talking way too much already for the first uh, thirty yeah, minutes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. then then he will keep talking for. But for to be honest, about Twitter, actually, Fide. it's been a long day. You know, I mean, played the golf for four hours, been Oof. shopping, walking him to the chess club. So basically, I'm planning on a, on a nap while you are going through all your matches from the French Championship. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I ah, just let's finish. But let's let's get to that because I was, you know, I don't usually follow chess unless I have to. But I was deliberately watching your match wow. against Bakro 
in the semifinals. It was very exciting, very exciting fight. Last time we talked, um, I think it was before your first game. It was before the, the first game. It was during the free day when the, the day before I tried the, the Bermuda party gambit because there is no Bermuda party uh, there. But, you know, there is a free day and there is thousands of thousand players. So there is some, some, some stuff going on. Uh, you know, before before you found some day. some company to drink some. No, I didn't seafood. actually. I did the, the Bermuda Party Gambit, so I just wow. stayed home and uh, get rested for for my upcoming match uh, with uh, with Bacro, uh, which was a terrible mistake. Obviously, uh, I, <laughs> I'm just dumping the, the Bermuda Gambit now. Uh, so um, yeah, so it was. Uh, I did. The first game, the first classical game, I was black and I repeated uh, this famous uh, uh, game uh, between um, Nepo and... Yeah, you seemed very well prepared. You knew all the subtleties. <laughs> yes, Bishop d7, Queen c8. I was very impressed. Yeah, that was, that was the play. first line of some But, but this puzzled me a bit. So basically, Bacro thought you were just going to make the same mistake as Magnus or what was his plan? I mean, he was he was surprised uh, by my opening choice, I guess. And now he said, uh, like, now you are playing the at the end of the game. He said, ah, now you start playing the same lines than than Magnus. Um, now you're finally allowed to to throw it all out. There. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I, okay, I didn't do anything special. I just played much better than Magnus actually in that game, uh, which was considerably shorter. But that was not too difficult because the first 17 moves were the same. And then I just played the first line of the computer, which uh, seems to show a lot of zeros. So that was an easy do. And as I told you, uh, the match strategy, I tied with white. And uh, I yeah. came very, very close. That was a pity because I think I played a very interesting game for a change. was a nice game. First of all, your fighting spirit was admirable. Then you played this move g4, taking some chances. You completely outplayed him. And then you couldn't quite finish the job. Yeah, later, I don't know. Yes, it was I'm a just mix assuming of... assuming everyone's seen the game. Maybe you shouldn't exchange rooks or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That yeah, was there was some take. point there I thought that you played a bit too chickenish, actually. Yeah. I thought it was this endgame I was winning, uh, which was a mistake. It's a mix of uh, him, I guess, defending well when he was lost and me, uh, and me uh, being incompetent at uh, converting. So... Um, Yeah, so it was uh, so it was a long game. So, so that was weird because we played the tiebreak in the very same evening, uh, and the tiebreak was full of uh, drama. As I lost the first game, then I came back, then I won the first blitz as black, then I had a completely winning position as white, but I, I lost it anyway, and I lost in the Armageddon. But okay, it's so random, and it was eight of of play that I cannot I cannot really pretend, you know, it's uh, it's unfair or something. It just happened. And that's, uh, well, uh, life goes on. I mean, I lost many matches to, to Baco. I won very few. Uh, yeah, yeah. So this bit of, you know, uh, at the end of when you are busted, it's just a bit. He's doing like one mistake less than me. I mean, basically. Uh, so, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, that was a bit, of course, uh, sad, but. I mean, I won the previous match in the Armageddon, so I guess overall uh, it's fair. And then I had to play the the final match where I was really tired, so both, both classical games were, were very, uh, very very dull, and then we played the rapid, and I played quite well. I mean, I played... No, I didn't play well, but uh, I played better than my opponent, uh, Mathieu Cornet. 
Uh, and I finished third, so uh, this kind of, uh, I guess, fair, fair result. I was seeded number three. And actually, this uh, uh, knockout uh, new f- formula was very criticized. It's so random, but uh, actually, the top three rating took the first three spots uh, in the right order. Actually, uh, Jules, Jules Moussard won his first French title. Now he's playing, of course, uh, much better. And um, and he beat Bacro in the Armageddon again uh, in the final match, so it was a very very close match. And uh, but I think I think considering how he played in the Olympiad and before, it was uh, very well deserved for my 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 very good friend Jules. And then we had this French celebration, you know, uh, you know, in some party with some pool, and you don't know in which room you are going to sleep at the end of the, the night. So yeah. Uh, that was that was fun. Now I now I dislike you again. I want to praise you for for a moment there because the match against Bakro the same fan was really exciting to watch as a spectator, like all these ups and downs and then heartbreak in the Armageddon. I think you were winning like one move before the end. No, then you stepped into some some trick. It was very exciting. No, I mean like the second blitz, I was completely winning ah, as well. But the, the Armageddon, he played. Yeah, I I, I got nothing. And I was I was crushed actually. I choose white. I don't know. It's always the same. Uh, I never know what to choose. You know, you have white and five minutes. Black has uh, four minutes, and uh, I feel that for me the, the one minute extra is so valuable because I'm, I'm so slow. I'm weak, but uh, as well. But it's not going to. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's not going to matter if I have four or five. But I mean, I feel I'm too slow, and I feel at this point. You know, we play. We are playing there for eight hours. We had a two hours break. Uh, I feel that it's going to end with a blunder. And actually, I did anger Bishop, so it did. I was right. I mean, it did finish with a blunder. So I, I feel like a draw is not the likely result because the level of play is quite is quite bad. So why not? Why not taking the extra minute? But I, I would like to have some some opinion from you guys because. Uh, Jan, would you rather take uh, take white of bl- or black in that situation, or w- would it be uh, just a matter of feeling or opponent? I think it somewhat depends on the dynamic and the openings with the opponent, but other things being equal, I would always take white, because I think the extra minute matters, and there are not, at least at my level, not that many drawn blitz games that I think the draw is such a giant factor, these draw odds, but... I haven't done math while I'm sure Peter has already run complex simulations. He studied all the meta studies studying that situation. So, Peter, white five minutes, black four minutes at, let's say, 2600 level. What's better Uh, with draws? I honestly don't know because I haven't really seen the data on it. Uh, Back in my days, I think you were supposed to choose black. So That's what we all did and lost in some World Cup. And then people started taking white. Uh, well, ideally, it shouldn't matter because if it matters, then the system is is wrong, right? So I would really say that uh, it's Fidesz's job to make sure that uh, it's uh, an equal <laughs> proposition, oh, pro- pro- equal proposition, right? It's not the Fidesz segment, please, Peter. <laughs> Fidesz fault. No, but I'm 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 serious. The idea is that it should be equal. So I mean. Ideally, it should be an equal uh, bet, right? I mean, that's the whole point of it. Yeah, uh, I, I think so. So, I mean, uh, but um, I would have to look more into the data. But also, I mean, 
I, no, you know, you know that the, the Samageddon, I played like seven or eight. I don't know, maybe maybe ten. Yeah. I, I I think I, I won ninety percent of the of the coin flip. And it's, it's not amazing. I always have to choose, and I'm always very annoyed that I have to choose, uh, which is an edge, of course. But then I, I don't know what to pick, and then you think, ah, if you lose, you're such an idiot. It's a bit like when we make bets about openings. I just yeah. let you choose, and then I crush you, right? I mean, it's... Uh, yeah, that's true, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, true. yeah. yeah. Uh, but I wanted to say something about the French championship. I noted that you went for the knockout. Was that sort of the politicians who thought that there was... Uh, too many suspicious draws, so that you actually have to play man against man, or no? It's uh, well, it's many things. Uh, well, so, the, ma- the, the, the major thing is that uh, the audience, uh, uh, well, much more people were watching, much more people. I mean, uh, Jan mm-hmm. was watching. Uh, yes, uh, I Jan honestly, was watching. I, I didn't notice. I have to admit. Some some common friend we have, maybe common boss as well, wrote mm-hmm. me great fun after I won some Armageddon. So I mean, like. Um, and also spectators, they were, they were, I mean, in the, in the, where we're playing, in the playing halls, they were very enthusiastic, uh, mm-hmm. about that because before it's a close tournament, so, uh, sort of feels, you, you cannot read, I mean, the formula because there's no final. So it's not clear for the media. It's not clear for the people who are following mm-hmm. the tournaments. So that's the first part. The second part is that obviously, uh, many players are playing for many years. And sometimes uh, the games are a bit dull. There is a lot of those uh, that was clear. Um, so, yeah, these two things uh, were, were the main argument to change the the formula in general. Uh, the players, most of the players, they didn't like it. I do because I played many World Cups and I think World Cup is great. And sometimes I had to pack after two days. That was very unpleasant, but. Uh, that's how it goes. And uh, the audience is very happy about it. Uh, so I guess uh, the federation will keep uh, doing it. You know, this player, I mean, players, chess players, we have our small comfort. And when we have, when we are, we have the impression to lose something, but actually the price money is exactly the same. So that uh, doesn't really matter. Uh, so when you put chess players out of their comfort zone, sometimes they don't, they don't really like it. And I think that was my feeling. Uh, when um, some players complained, of course, it's players who got knocked out <laughs> very quickly. Well, so I actually at some point thought that, uh, I mean, the Olympiad should be a knockout stage in the end, because then we will have an Olympic final. That would be cool. The problem yeah. is that in chess, we don't like this idea of sending people home. But in the French Championship, you can do it. I mean, well, it's still played in the country. So there, that you are sent home after a couple of days, at least it's acceptable. While France not the Olympiad, you cannot just send everybody home. I mean, what happens to the Bermuda party? This kind of stuff, right? But this idea of having a final is, is kind of cool, I think. Yeah, of course. And the, well, the, sports the, should be like this. Uh, yeah, and I agree. And this, uh, this Armageddon stuff. I, I think that actually the, the formula of uh, World, World Cup... Uh, uh, in soccer, which uh, we'll see in December, I think, uh, is great because you, you have this, uh, it's a mix. You have some groups and then you have a knockout. So the tension is, you are, you are building up the, the tension, yeah. uh, which is, which I think is great. But I, I like the knockout format in general. I mean, like, I don't mind being uh, sent home if I'm playing poorly. Uh, no. I don't like to suffer for 10 days. I mean, why? I mean, uh, it doesn't make sense. Beautiful. I went to visit the German Championship over the the weekend in the lovely city of Magdeburg. 
Um, there, we, we need to fix the German championship. Not even so much about the knockout. But the problem is the strongest group is called German Masters. And then we have a second group that's called German Championship. Where it's more or less of an open tournament, I think, with 30 players. And somehow they don't manage to make the strongest group where the guys are playing, like Keimer is playing and Kollers and Swane and so on. They don't manage to name that the German Championship, I think, because they are afraid to offend the local federations who want their representative in, in the German Championship. But it's a bit weird, no? Like to have the, the top group, the close tournament as the German Masters. You win it, you're the German Master. But now a kid... Kudos to him. He seems like he's going to be a great player. But a 14-year-old kid is now the German champion. Uh-huh. Um, okay. So it's uh, it's a strange system. That sounds generally weird. But, well, I always thought that, for instance, uh, the French championship, the the strongest player would play. And there was some quite prestige in it. While the German championship was typically a bit weaker. Or am I offending your your native country? Well, I think it usually comes down to money. I think yeah, most exactly. of the guys, but, not me because I don't play chess, but most of the guys that have been playing this German Masters, even if there wasn't a mm-hmm. German champion title at stake. But I always thought that for, these, for the top players, also if you look at whatever history books we'll have in 50 years, it's nice to have a look like uh, who was the champion, who won the top group and so on. And it's very confusing right now mm-hmm. in Germany. Also, yeah, yeah. as Laurent later, if he wants to sell whatever courses he's doing or open his Laurent Fresinet Chess Academy, then it's much nicer if he can put three-time French champion Laurent Fresinet. Yeah. I'm twice French champion, but that's okay. And uh, actually, uh, the, the, later, f- the format, like the, the first uh, losers... Uh, the first eight losers they could join some kind of master where there's some prize money so they already win a prize they can play for more prize money it was some open tournament and you can qualify again for the for the main group for the next year of course for uh, 2600 players it's not really interesting but uh, I think three of them joined so or four of them joined so it's not too bad if you want to play chess you can as well play chess of course if you if you lose in quarterfinals uh, then you ask you you join the open with half point out of one, which I think is no is no disaster. You you lost me there. It sounds very complicated. Uh, sound, it also sounds like you have it all figured out. Oh, yeah. I, I I want to play the German Blitz Championship on Sunday, but oh. I wasn't allowed. Well, I, I asked right. three days before, but uh, it, it turned full. out it was full. So they told me that normally someone doesn't show up and then I can play. But I was standing there. Ready to go after a great night's sleep at 10 a.m. in Magdeburg. And everybody showed up. I couldn't play. It was a great pity. So <laughs> I had to spend spend the day with my family. Went to some park with the kids. So so I'm, I'm, if you can hear this alarm, I am in some... Alarm? You, you can hear? Yeah, yeah, I hear very well. I, I'm, I'm in some uh, hotel room and uh, there's a fire alarm which went on. So I'm not going to panic yet, but uh, who knows? <laughs> you may you may lose me. Um, so let's see. Okay, I'll take over then. Uh, well, about German Championship, <laughs> I really want to praise the the, the Svane brothers, the two Danes. I mean, well, they had to play each other, and uh, quite impressively, they didn't make a a quick draw. 
uh, but they actually played. And, uh, well, the younger brother, Frederick, uh, managed to win a complicated game. But I thought it was pretty cool that, uh, well, two brothers, the lower right has white, and they actually avoid making repetitions and play a long, complicated game. I thought that that showed some uh, character and deserves a shout-out. Or did I mention it in the last podcast? I don't think so, right? Uh, I don't know, but uh, we should give more shout-outs to the Svane brothers. At the time of recording, Frederick Svane, the younger brother, was still in contention, chasing Vincent Keimer, who looks like the favorite to take it all. I think it was one point or half a point ahead of Frederick going into the penultimate round for another game. Keimer's strong in general. All these, all these kids I was checking the under 20 live rating list they're they're all like 20 points up every other month no now gukesh is what 2730 erigaisi is 27 something abdu satorov is 27 plus keimer is very close mm -hmm. who can stop them laurent is chess just an 18 year old's game now i'm i'm just um, <laughs> muting myself and listening okay. to the <laughs> so I, i will just mute myself And then I will give my opinion. Okay, Peter, half serious question. Is chess just becoming younger? Well, I wanted to talk about this later, but we can take it here. I mean, well, in this recent tournament, you saw that uh, Anis Giri, who is in the world's top 10, actually ended as number seven, far behind, for instance, Pragnananda. And, uh, well, also, you saw the Olympiad. He was playing, uh, I think, Abdus Satsarov. Well, he made a draw, but he was generally being outplayed. And I think he lost to... Abdus Satrov, another of the Uzbek players in, in the World Cup. And I'm sort of wondering, well, Jakob Ogo has always been saying that, well, there is like an elite club of uh, top players who is high rated because they only play against each other. I generally thought Ogo was completely wrong. Uh, but when you see these kids, you wonder, maybe they actually are just as... I mean, is it obvious to you that Abdus Satrov or Gukesh is uh, a weaker player than Giri? Not particularly, I thought. But please, I mean, they will be 27-15, like less than a year. So they will, they will belong to this elite uh, club. Uh, I mean, it's for sure. I mean, every time they play, they just win 20 points. I saw Eric Gazi mm -hmm. as well. Now he's coaching yeah. this Abu Dhabi tournament. I mean, like every time you see a result, it's plus 15 after six, six games. I mean, okay, you don't understand what's happening. I mean, just um, it's just unbelievable what they are doing. These kids. No, it looks like their ratings yeah. are still just catching up to their strength, not just at that level, but if we look at the Olympiad results, mm -hmm. all these guys, <clears throat> um, Sindarov, uh, Yakuboyev, you name them, they're all up tremendously. So maybe just, I'm not sure how much Corona and not being able to play so much over the last two years, while probably kids played a ton of games online, maybe all the guys didn't do as much, how much that changed the rating dynamics. But it is notable now. It's, of course, hard to debate you guys because you will use any debate to either blame it on Sutovsky or calling Giri an overrated chicken. So very hard, very hard to argue from that angle. But I think there's something to it. We are not wrong. And we see these No, kids. come on. You're just... You're <laughs> just... Jumping. You're just... Uh, no, no. I don't think... Uh, I don't think Giri is an overrated chicken. He's a chicken. He could be better if he wouldn't be a chicken. He's just a chicken, but uh, he's not overrated. I mean, Giri is a very strong player. I no, do. no, I was just wondering why Peter would pick Giri out of all. No, I thought that. Well, could. you saw it in this. He was actually number seven out of eight in this uh, crypto cup. It was a rapid tournament. So it doesn't. It's not federated, Peter. I thought at this point you would know the difference. Yeah, I disagree. Uh, I think like Magnus that. I mean, 
that exactly in uh, Rapid and Blitz you can show your real strength. I mean, it's a more skill-based game than uh, classical chess. Okay, so you think Pragnanda is the world number two? No, I don't think so. But well, I mean, that well, is that is basically yeah, yeah. But I mean, not everybody was playing. But no, I'm I'm a bit puzzled. But he's done it uh, quite often, Pragnanda, and this is uh, that is impressive. I mean, in Vigancy, I was somewhat impressed, but not to that extent. But in some other events, he's done really well. So which, which well, card did you make in Vigancy? I can't remember. And me neither, long. Ah, okay. Also, but in you are impressed. Like, but... It's years like seven months is an eternity. And once again, Vikings yeah. was a classical event. Well, Pragnanda in particular seems extremely strong in Rapid and Blitz. Like yeah, I always amazing. watch his games. He always has 10 seconds and then he just makes all the best moves, never panics like Magnus and others were putting a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. But he just stays cool. And it's very, very impressive how mm-hmm. good of a Rapid player he is. But I do think there's a distinction. And we could argue which one says more about your chess skill. Um, between these these tournaments and the classical, like Fabi, of course, struggled in the Olympiad, but we would always think of him as a very very strong chess player. Not just he also does depend on preparation and having time to calculate and so on. Yeah. So I think the skill sets are somewhat different once in a while, but of course the top players will usually be great at all of them. Will yeah. yeah. So. Um, so talking about uh, crypto cup, uh, Magnus. Magnus won. Yeah, yeah, I Magnus know Magnus won, won, but lost the last match to Pragnanda. Yeah. So Peter, is he happy, or is the the bitter taste in his mouth of losing the last game? That I would wouldn't think he he cared cared much about. But I think maybe well, it's a typical Magnus thing. I mean, he's the best, uh, and he's the one who plays best in the event, so he wins. But I wouldn't say that he necessarily played up to his uh, level either. I mean, but it was a pretty professional performance. And I think he's, he, I mean, he looked happy on pictures. He looks happy to win. And, uh, and my hunch is that you're trying to, to drag Pro Sotovsky into it based on a, on a tweet. So that, uh, I mean, well, I think Sotovsky was making the point that uh, this is the big difference between classical chess and uh, this esports that Magnus was, was looked very happy after a loss. Well, I will point out that Magnus actually won the tournament. So, well, it was this strange system is that if you lose in tiebreaks, you lose only 2-1. And Magnus was leading with two points before the last round. So as long as wow. he didn't... Um, lose um the match uh, sort of in in uh, in non in a non tiebreak situation he would win the tournament so so he he cruised to win the tournament and then he lost the last three games because he didn't have much to play for and seemed to play sort of uh, even worse openings than usual and uh, i mean well these things happen i think he blundered here and there i don't think he thought that was particularly funny i don't think he cared a lot about it either i mean uh, so uh i mean but um well I mean, if we have to debate Sotovsky's principal point, if this uh, eSport makes sense, I don't, Your I don't Honor, know. Your Honor, just for the record, I would like to state, I asked Peter two questions. One was, <laughs> are young players underrated? The answer began with Giri. <laughs> Second was, is Magnus happy? The answer begins with, I'm trying to drag Sotovsky no, into but, this. But you are. Like, you're, you're, <laughs> in whose head are they? You're referring to a Sotovsky tweet, actually. I wasn't. I was asking if he's happy with his performance. Yeah, but uh, I mean, sure. But well, <laughs> no, I think you're actually anyway, r- wrong on this continue one. Continue talking about whatever you want. To talk yeah, about. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, will, I will talk about Magnus and happiness. I think he's happy. He just won a chess event, and uh, that, that's it. I mean, if you have to win every match and such, I mean, well, it becomes a bit strange. Also, we talk about uh, Fresine and uh, let's say the French championship is a knockout. The good thing with a knockout is 
there is always something at stake. And when there is nothing at stake, the tournament is over. Well, this was a situation where Magnus had won and I had to keep playing, which is a bit weird, right? Um, so, That's a good point. So Magnus is playing um, soon, yeah. Uh, so he's confident to go to San Luis, where there is a, a rapid and blitz, and then. Well, I think he's playing only the classical there, right? Ah, okay. That starts okay. September 2nd. So Are you going break. there, Peter? Um, can I reveal such? Okay, I can. I'm going there, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay, just a question for our listeners. And for me as well. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say. I'm asking my questions, you know, live. <laughs> this is nice. It's not what people yeah, want to hear, no? Yeah. No, I'm planning to okay. go to St. Louis. I have a ticket and, and everything. So okay. I'm, I'm going. We'll be in touch. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, so. Um, okay, then back to the debate which Peter addressed earlier for a bit. We've had this. Crypto Cup, the, the question I get the most, and I don't really have a great answer, is why aren't they playing over the board if they're all in the same room? But I kind of like the, the visuals, and guys are also very used to playing on computer screens against each other. But is it real chess? Is there a distinction between that and classical chess, chess over the board? Where do we draw the lines? What's, what's taken more serious by, by the players? Can I answer with Geary? Are you going to be upset? No, I won't be upset. I'm just pointing it out. Yeah, yeah please there answer. is actually a good point with playing it on computers. Because, well, when you play on computer, you have to play it fair. You cannot, uh, for instance, start moving before your opponent has moved. And you cannot uh, f sort of throw down pieces and make a move. Uh, right. You know, actually, when yeah. you play it on a computer screen, you ensure that everything is happening completely fair. While in chess, for instance, you can end up in these clock-banging situations where pieces are flying and you press the clock anyway. This is impossible when you play it like this. Esports version is actually cleaner and more fair because it's impossible to do any kind of um, these things, right? So Hans actually, Lima would disagree. No, you plug your computer battery and then you gain thinking time. <laughs> okay, I'm apparently you know, an, an, uh, yeah, I'm just <laughs> not, not, I'm not, I'm not cre creative enough. But you get my point, right? That yeah, well, no, some, if some you play the same way, actually, I'm on game. I wouldn't be against to to play it on a computer. No, I mean, that it actually avoids this kind of extremely wild yeah. situation with pieces are flying. You, you bang the clocks, uh, and, 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 uh, I mean, the arbiter looks uh, away and you don't know what's going to happen. When yeah. you're doing it on a computer, everything functions like this, unless apparently, well, Gusti knows some tricks. I don't know, but I, I thought at least theoretically. Uh, no, no, I don't know any tricks. I just recall there was a situation, I think, in the maybe first round match where Duda's laptop battery. <laughs> and yeah, okay. expired and they had to recharge it and Niemann who lost the match then was very upset that that gave okay. time to think about his good position yeah, it's, a, it always it's a fair point it's also what happened if Kasparov deep blue if you unplug deep blue I mean I don't know I mean of course you can always come up with uh, some ideas but uh, no, no but you have a good point because Sam tried establishing pre-moving and over the board games yeah. it didn't work very well <laughs> no no computer, it tends to work nice. <laughs> yeah 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 no, good, but good, you know, I, I will, I will join uh, Peter by uh, answering Gay, some uh, Gay stuff, and uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know if he's still doing it, but he used to do something weird, which was uh, he was about to to make his move, and he was looking at you at your reaction, sometimes, <laughs> which I think was a bit not. I mean, it's legal, but it's not really uh, uh, nice to do that. 
And uh, now, when you play over, over, I mean, with the skin, you, you cannot do search. You can't some, you can't make some some tricks. Uh, uh, Sounds like a good can, feature, no? That you can paint your your move on your opponent's board. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, watch the camera. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, well. No, of course, I agree that it's artificial in a way, but it also has some advantage. But again, I mean, you know, there are sponsors who want to do this. They can do whatever they, they feel like uh, generally. I mean, you know, I, I I get the point that it's artificial playing chess as an eSport because chess you can just play with a board uh, and pieces like we've done. Uh, but you can also play it just as well on a computer screen. Yeah. It's just a question of what you're used to. No? Like we've all played more games on computer screens than on actual boards for sure. Yeah, well, mo most, I mean, for instance, uh, well, uh, I'm going to sound like a dinosaur, but I will mention the FIFA football game. I mean, that you have to play on a computer screen because you cannot really just play it like that uh, in reality. But um, so that, that you excellent comparison. Th thanks a lot. I, th I thought so to myself. Uh, so so that that made sense. Oh, I don't know whatever they are playing. Uh, well, Dota 2. NBA 2003. <laughs> exactly. <can only> play. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I'm right, but you, you get to the laugh. laugh. Yeah, we, we know you think you're right. I mean, we know that. No, no, I know. Mean, I know. Come yeah. on. I mean, uh, so. uh, yeah. No, no, but, but point taken. Like, they're both in chess. Yeah. Equally well functioning, which is rare, because usually it's either a video game or a physical activity. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, then there's a question how serious the players take it. I don't know. I'm old school. To me, the results in classical feeder rated, like, I still follow with more, whatever you want to call it, focus the candidates, let's say, or the World Championship matches mm -hmm. than the Champions Chess Tour. But there's also, it's in a way, it's a great situation for the players. There's no none of the pressures, rating points at stake, while there's a lot of viewership attention money to be made so i think they take it serious but maybe without the stress and the self-loathing i think it's it's also about it. mindset i mean i remember at some point i thought world at rapid no one takes it that serious it's nice money but no one really cares but well someone like uh Grishuk, for him it was the main event of the year and uh, when yeah. you can see others also start to get into the mindset no, no this is a very serious championship something can be prepared for take it very seriously and i think it really depends on your attitude uh, to, towards it uh, in, in a way i think, I I think generally, when there is a world champion uh, title in uh, on the line like for this world uh, rapid and blitz it's taken much more seriously and you can see very quickly um i will give away maybe something but I mean, from the openings, you can judge uh, from the players. I mean, when you check the games of World Rapid, let's say it's much more serious than uh, Championship mm -hmm. Tour openings. Um, starting yeah. with Magnus, actually. Uh, uh, and uh, many, many, many others. I saw him players. in one of these World Rapid. He played E4, Knight, F6, E5, and he went back to the night with G8, right? No, that was against Laurent in some Grand Chess Tour, no? No, this was a World Championship game, right? Oh, okay. So. But sometimes his first two moves are... Yeah, yeah, I'm just, I was trying to insult Laurent, but my connection okay. crashed in the middle, so I don't know, sorry. Ah, okay, mine as well, so I guess... Yeah, was that was common. some kind of, kind of break, but... No, I agree it's not the same, but... Um, well, it's also... Well, it should maybe be... 
well, normally we see games from itself, but here maybe you can see them like a, a game within a set in tennis. I mean, somehow more games happens, you know, you have your chances uh, in, in a way. Um, I don't know. I, I kind of like it. And also, well, as, as Magnus sort of tend to point out, that the more games that are played, the more skill-based it becomes. Like in classical, everything hangs on one game. But, um, I mean, there is pluses uh, and minuses. Um, I'm still uh, I'm an, an old guy, so for me it feels unnatural. But I can imagine for quite some young players, thinks that this is uh, how it should be. And uh, I don't know. Speaking of young players, I'm not sure if you guys followed this. Should we worry about... Hans Niemann, because I was watching most of his interviews and uh, I quite enjoyed them and I, I enjoyed him and his style and he's doing, yeah, doing some trolling, of course, and there's some, nah, quite, quite some humor, I quite like it, but it was too tempting. I think he won this first match, this first game against Magnus, then lost the match 3-1 and I think he lost all his matches, which yeah, can very much happen in such a strong field. But it was very tempting, of course, to make all these the chess speaks for itself jokes. There was one of his interviews where he just <laughs> I saw, chess speaks for I itself. I saw that, yeah. But I'm a bit I don't know. I can't quite figure out what's what's an act and when he's really really miserable. Because I've been miserable from chess plenty, and sometimes he sounds very, very dark in his interviews. Laurent, you are a student of psychology. <laughs> What's your verdict? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I don't know him. I mean, like the first time actually I met him only once in in Paris actually when he was already uh, higher hated than me. So this is very weird. Now I meet for the first time people who are higher hated than me. But uh, yeah, I I don't know. I mean, uh, he looks very very focused and motivated. So he's taking all that very very seriously. That is hundred percent clear for me. I mean, he did improve uh, a lot, uh, that's for sure. And he got the chance to, to play in this championship too. And I think it was very important for him, that's for sure, to show his, uh, his best against top players. So I guess when you, you feel he's, uh, he's dark because he's losing all his matches, I think it's, um, it's quite tight. That would be my, my hate on him, but could be wrong. Yeah, fair enough. I have to admit, I haven't. I have only seen the chess picks for itself a bit. That, that's all. Uh, I mean, yeah. But you should have an opinion. Come on, and yeah, and, might and think well, you're right. My general, well, it's more of a sort of general philosophical cho uh, opinion. But well, for me, <coughs> it feel, feels more painful to lose than it feels happiness winning. Uh, and a chess professional, you think, okay, you win some more, many more games and you lose, so it's not too bad. But, uh, well, you know, when you win, someone else loses. So, I mean, you think that's just for chess professionals or is it for everybody? But if everybody feels much worse when they lose than when they win, well, we're having a pretty bad uh, gig going on here. So, yeah, I think it's normal in high-level competition because we all think of ourselves as smarter, greater, whatever. And then if we win, it's sort of normal. While the the pain of losing, it's, it's mm -hmm. crushing. It's always been for me and also how chickens are created. No, like you, you give up EV to <laughs> avoid the pain of losing, even if it comes with less winning. But I think chess is a bit special, actually. Now I remember when I thought about it in the sense that, well, we have the draw which means that, uh, well, we lose quite rarely. For instance, in a game like yeah. Shogi or tennis, just to take two very similar things, there is no draw. So even if you're the best in the world, you might lose every third game. 
or something like that, which means that you are used to losing. While in chess, we lose so rarely that it's going to feel much, much more painful in a way. Um, again, I always end up talking about... No, I'll, let me not mention Geary this time. But I noticed this thing with the Crypto cut Cup. You could actually not end on 50% in this event, right? This I thought was a bit funny. You're either going to have a plus score or a minus score. There's simply no... Uh-huh. It's seven rounds and you there's no way you can end yeah. up on 50% simply. Um, mm. You see, fifty well, percent of points well, because you, you score three. How does it's three zero two one? Yeah, so you can you, you cannot. Uh, I mean, you know, there is. Uh, so what do you say that in chess, it losses are more painful than in other? I think uh, so because they are somewhat a bit rarer. You, they don't have. I mean, you know, you can always make a a, a draw. So in a in normal tournament, maybe you lose one game out of nine. While it, I mean, in others, well. In, uh, let's say, tennis, right? There is a winner and a loser, and that's it. So you're going to lose quite uh, often. It feels much more normal. Losing in chess feels extraordinary, and then it becomes more more painful, is my impression. I think there is exceptions. For instance... Although I would argue that it's even more painful in boxing. Yeah, <laughs> you could could be right. But then, uh, yeah, fair enough. But you, you, you don't box that often. But anyway, it's a good point. I think in my youth, I was at a sports psychology lesson, uh, not lesson, but sort of a conference. And, uh, well, there was a lot of other sports there. And, uh, well, I talked about how painful it was losing in chess. And then someone said, okay, just give us a break. There's no one who stands <laughs> hitting on you. Okay, we cannot listen to this crap. And I, I, I get the, the point, I have to admit. Um, now, I'm thinking about this draw thing. Um, it's never the same pain as losing, but it can also be painful. It can linger if you know deep inside that you're a chicken and you've chickened out mm-hmm. yet again. Like It can also have some consequences, but it's not this self-loathing. Mm-hmm. No, but the worst, the worst scenario is when you are completely winning, just for that you missed like... 10 wins and you made the draw or you lost I mean like of course losing is always the worst but let's say I mean the worst way and I know actually that it's not that bad because I was I was doing well in the game and so on so I actually I played some good moves but when I missed many wins I, I feel bad after the game while if I saved some lousy position I feel much better I've, spo- yeah, I've spoken with two persons which I thought it didn't feel too bad about one of them was Brent Larson he said yeah Oh, you lose, then you try to win the next day. Of course, it's unpleasant losing, but that's it. It's not sort of the end of the world or the tournament. And then, well, I asked Topalov when we were at a chess camp together recently here, and he said, yeah, for him, it didn't matter so much. You know, he will just try and, and keep on playing. But I think for most others, it seems to be a quite, uh, quite, quite a, a sort of a, 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 a bad experience, right? I mean, there's also, I think it's a difference, the fear of losing. Yeah, and actually losing itself. Like I've always had big fear of losing. Yeah, yeah. If you lose a game, okay, you're annoyed, but you you do realize, mm-hmm. Ugh, why am I trying to make all these draws? Actually, the world doesn't end. I can still get food and get to play, get to play yeah, tomorrow. But... I think there's also something. A lot of top players, you can speak better. Magnus are good at. They tell themselves. I'm sure we talked about this. Okay, I can be upset for two or three hours now, but then. I have to forgive myself, move on, and play the game tomorrow. Magnus is, I mean, you know, he will always be there the next day, is my impression. I mean, that is, uh, that that you can more or less uh, count on. I think Kasim at some point pointed out that he said that it's no secret that uh, Vichy is known for being vulnerable after a loss. I'm not sure if it's true true or not, but at least he he said he made that observation. 
I, I, my tendency is always to disagree, but I have no idea. Sorry. I mean, Magnus doesn't always attend the press conference, but he, he attends the next game. Yeah. Well, yeah, you, you kind of have to, right? So, yeah. I mean, well, but um, you were about to say something, Gusti? No, I was just thinking. I Vichy, he did win the next yeah. day in the Gelfon match. After well, the well I mean, with Vichy... I, I know them by d detail. I mean, Vichy was behind a couple of uh, game instances, but I have never had a, f uh, a free day at a World Championship match with Vichy where he was behind. So whenever he fall behind, he would do it at, you know, uh, at the odd, uh, like game one or game seven. And then he would equalize in game two or game eight. So, uh, I mean, you know, it, it didn't happen that often. Well, I had a pretty luxurious uh, Experience as, as, as I don't as know if I heard it or if I uh, read it in uh, in the, the book about uh, Vichy's uh, matches, which um, well, whatever whatever his name is, I uh, I don't find or something uh, that Vichy when he was losing in some opening, he didn't want to repeat. Peter, it. you know what book he's referring to? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. Ah, but actually, you <laughs> read it uh, thanks to me. Your your yes, actually, right. you, you stole I, it. I, you stole it for me. I actually literally stole it from you. Yes, you're right. Yeah, you stole it. Yeah, without any com kind of compensation or. Yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Uh, just a reminder. No, I don't know if I had it there, but then he, di he didn't want to. When he was losing in some opening, he didn't want to repeat it, and uh, he did make. I mean, in the 2014 match uh, in Sochi. Uh, against Magnus, he lost in some Berlin in uh, game two, and then in game four, he, he came up with his crappy uh, can, uh, which you hardly see in uh, in World Championship match because I mean Berlin is I mean you have so uh, uh, so many openings uh, available, much better than that. That it was yeah, a little you, you weird. You have better memory of these things than me. Is Laurent making this up? No, because he made a draw with a can in. In game no, but two. he lost in Berlin, uh, and then he switched to Cannes. Then he lost uh, the Cannes in Game Six, and then he came back to Berlin. So okay, it means let, that. Yeah, let me just tell yeah. you how it was. So did he lose an early Berlin game? Yeah, yes. he lost Game Two. Yeah. Okay. He lost. Well, the first game was a Grünfeld, which he was worse, but uh, it was a draw. Then Magnus won a Berlin. Then he lost a Queen's Gambit, and then uh, they played not a Cannes, but uh, one one C four, one E four C five, not F three E six G three. But yeah, he was planning so Khan. Yes. I think the point of Vicious Khan and his general concept in the match was that, well, he would force Magnus to play heavy theory. And the point with, well, uh, 2e6 Sicilian, I guess Vicious idea was that um, there was no really good way of avoiding uh, sort of main lines. I don't know if that's right or wrong, uh, but um, that's a different story. I mean, and, well, heavy theory? I mean, in the line Magnus played in game six? Yeah, but uh, well, that was a bit, so. a bit novel at the time. It was also the famous uh, incident where Nepomniachtchi and uh, Potkin came to yeah. to me and Magnus and, and helped us and showed us some ideas. So, I mean, yeah. you know, I, I thanked them for that and then I'm still uh, gun gunning at them politically. But, well, that's that's me, uh, right? But, uh, no, that, that was, uh, I mean, th this was actually... This idea with playing C4 and this ending that happened was something uh, they showed us uh, the, the afternoon or evening before. Um, yeah, the, the that game. was my point at all. I mean, like, I mean, Vichy wouldn't repeat a line yeah. uh, where he lost the previous game. I mean, let's say a black you, you, game, you, you, then you, the next you, black uh, game, mm -hmm. he, he doesn't do that. 
So no. I don't know where I read it or someone told me, and then I noticed it was absolutely correct. Actually, it, it, uh, it could could be. You're right. When he lost the open Spanish to to Kasparov, then he switched uh, immediately. Maybe I mean, yeah. you can fix open Spanish. I mean, it's for sure. I mean, you it's can, a good opening. But, so, uh, uh, so but he switched immediately. So uh, he has this uh, maybe. I don't know. Uh, maybe it's a superstition or it's something. I don't know. Uh, it's something I don't get, but it's something that happens actually. Yeah. And I don't know if also it's... Peter's earlier point might be important. Vichy, especially peak Vichy, probably wasn't very used to losing. No, of course he would lose a game now and then. But once he started having all this world champion prep, how many games did he lose per year? Two, three? Not like uh, not a lot. Okay. I mean, yeah. and well, actually, it's a good point. I mean, well. This sort of anticipation of losing when they have a lost position, that's incredibly stressful. When it actually happens somehow, okay, you, you, you live with it and you try to, to move on and you try not to, well, as a second, you just try to be a fly on the wall or to be a bit consoling, but normally people don't want to be consoled. They just want to be left alone, right? But, uh, I mean, I get the point that it's the process rather than the actual thing that is most painful in, in, in many ways um, and the most stressful part. Um, right. Yeah, I'm wondering if I should make any that for Peter. It's tough to be a fly on the wall jokes, but no, um, can't think of any good ones. I mean, not adult elephant in the room. No, that's actually ad- <laughs> <laughs> that's that's pushing it as well. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you you are a, a presence yeah. in a small room. Uh-huh. I um, see. So let's let's move on. Um, where? Let's go to you, the tweet from Peter this morning. Uh, I mean, yeah, today, I think, uh, we're recording Tuesday. Yeah, you did a, a tweet ah, about yeah, yeah. My Magnus, ah, Magnus no, no. Quest to 2100 and some nice... I thought it was... One, yeah. You were mentioning one of my anti-feeder no. tweets, and now you come that with That will this, come this later. Girl. Okay, sure. Let's okay. take the Magnus tweet. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's the odds of Magnus getting to 2100. Yeah. So... I didn't read the article, so you neither did I. <laughs> but I clicked on it, and then I saw someone said it's four and a half percent. Yeah, yeah, that's all. He makes it, which sounds about right. So I thought, yeah, these smart, smart scientists—they did the math. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, much. he's not a favorite, but it's also not completely hopeless. Which, yeah, seems but like someone. Again, I think let's have an expert dis- discussion about the article without any of us having read it. But I assume oh, it's, it's like twenty twenty two. Sorry, it's twenty twenty two. Normal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, exactly. Yeah, it just took me a time to to grasp the the funniness of your joke. But I mean, well, I was studying for some reason a lot of uh, baseball statistics at some point, and well, they they have the same thing there that sort of over history, there is a couple of people who had some absurdly good runs, and uh, well, everybody will explain it with some kind of external factors, while in reality. It adds exactly the same number as if you would have something completely random. And, uh, well, if you just flip a coin, there's going to be these great runs. And the way I understood this article without reading it is that, well, just, well, with Magnus' current strength, well, if you run random simulations of his career, then like four and a half percent of the times, he will accidentally end up in 2900. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I would think so. Lorang just cool, but sounds sounds good. Yeah, yeah, something I like mean, that. Sounds, right? I'm sure it's like. I mean, how can it be another way? No, that that would be be reasonable. So we're not talking about him improving. We're just talking about him having a bit of uh, of good luck. So there is four and a half percent chance to to get that. Of course, Mel, if he could uh, 
we could train and prepare. Maybe we can up it a bit. Or maybe that's probably calculated. Average amount of training obviously must be calculated into it. I can see that you start sighing when we talk about training, Lauren. But uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no, not at all. No, I don't know. Yeah, but it's uh, yeah. No, okay. You just published it, so I thought. But uh, an interesting are... point was also that they said that uh, if you up the K factor to fifteen instead of uh, ten, then uh, the the odds jumps to nineteen percent only based on the K factor. Um, yeah, of course. So. Okay, yeah. it's more random with K15. So of course, but still 15 is not that big of a difference. Actually, when we talk about St. Louis, I think 50 percent like, more. I mean, it's I, I, I could not say it more exact uh, than that. Um, yeah, but <laughs> I mean, 50 percent more is not like uh, I give you some fee and then I give you 50 percent more and you will say it's not much. Oh, it doesn't make a big difference. No, it oh. is, but of course, I mean, okay. when you then cl climb higher, you also get a uh, higher expected score. So it's not, uh, I mean, yeah. it's not like you have to win 40 points instead of 60 points. It actually yeah. means that, uh, well, you will get to some high f higher, but then it becomes more difficult because your rating is higher. But I remember that before St. Louis. Do you think you are high? Yes, actually I do. Uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but I will, I will, I will tell you if I don't. But, um, no, I wanted to say about St. Louis that I think three years ago I went there with the expectation. Actually, this was Magnus' best shot ever to get to 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 nine. But uh, ah, somehow the tournament didn't go very well. Maybe he ended up on plus two with winning the last two games. But um, when he lost his tiebreak match to Ding, yeah, exactly. There and he lost some rating. It was never really close. But at that point, I thought, okay, if he has an extremely good run, maybe like seven or seven and a half points. He, he might get there, but ah, uh, he was, yeah. somehow he, he played rapid, seems in crappy shape, then uh, a bunch of draws, and then suddenly he won uh, the last two games a bit accidentally and had this playoff. He then went on to lose uh, and things like that. But uh, I'd So we, we generally agree his chances are, whatever, 5% to make it? Something like that, yeah. Well, it seems to be the, 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 the thought. I think it's too difficult, to be honest. But, uh, well, again, I'm not really allowed to say that. But I think also that's yeah. a bit of... That's the fun part of it. If you know he achieves that, then you can say, "Okay, this was uh, insanely impressive, right?" No, but twenty to one, I would take. Uh, I would take from Magnus. Uh, so? I would. I would ten to one. I would start thinking. Uh, no, actually, I would still take for for Magnus to make it. I mean, if you okay, give me ten to one booked, yeah, okay, ten to but... one booked. Yep. <laughs> so you're saying he'll make it, yeah? Like, yeah, but I mean, you just uh, I, can we negotiate a bit? Like, because then you and he's the you just said I would take ten to one. Yeah, yeah I, I would probably <laughs> take ten to one. I mean, like, you, okay, you, I, I was thinking. I mean, like, at twenty to one, I take that... immediately. I take now fifteen as well. Then I'm thinking, I'm negotiating <laughs> with you. <laughs> I think we have it on tape, Lauren. Yeah, so, I think so it's uh, a, but what's the time frame? It's yeah, like exactly. Ten years. Or ten like, years. That's a long time. Five. Five, okay. Ten? You want to make ten? I don't know. Uh, and that's twenty thirty-two. What's? Will yeah, you? I can I can wait that long. But does it work like a bookmaker that uh, Laurent has to pay you now, and then he gets ten times the money back if he makes? <laughs> ah, that sounds excellent. No, obviously, yeah. because then we have then, then then suddenly inflation becomes a factor as well. <laughs> Cash machine. Yeah, uh, then inflation becomes a factor. Okay, it's uh, it's uh, it's, uh, it's too complicated. Um, <laughs> no, let's not do that. <laughs> See how he's backing up yeah, yeah. instantly. Yeah. Kasparov wants new friends as the next item on my yeah. list. I had a tweet yeah, yeah. that we could apply to be to him following us on Twitter. Yeah. He should do that, of course. 
It should it shouldn't follow me or Laurent. We rarely ever tweet, and if it is, yeah, it's dumb jokes in French or German. So you're not missing out, Gary. <laughs> chicken Chess Club. He also shouldn't follow. He he doesn't belong here. Let's face it. Yeah, he was never a chicken. But uh, we I should. Mean, we're arguing about. Laurent. I think also. That, I mean, Gary just has me dominated. He's better at uh, criticizing Russia. He's better at chess. I don't have anything to offer. So, um, yeah, but I mean, we, we a, kind of... It's not a chicken either, no. Yeah, no, it's not a chicken, that's for sure. No. Uh, I mean, our producer kind of forgot the, the main topic of the of the podcast, what's wrong with Sutovsky this week. Uh, yeah, Peter? yeah we'll, we'll get there anyway. Oh. I don't think Peter needs <laughs> yeah. it on the list. No, no. But maybe we have to set the, the table. No? Like Peter, for new listeners, <laughs> he ran for um, vice... No, no, well, deputy president. president. Deputy. deputy president of, of FIDE on the ticket of Andriy Barspolitz from Ukraine um, and went to Chennai. And yeah, Peter got to see there all the the deputies and the, the, the scenes of the FIDE presidential election. The delegates, I meant, yeah, sorry, I said deputies, the delegates. Uh, anyway, the current government won the election. And Peter, since you've still been. Very active, yeah. But you're you're back to your to your your Twitter ways. What what's your political or your non-political plans stance? What's the situation currently? I think mainly it was uh, COVID related that uh, I was planning to enjoy life and have a break from Twitter when I came back. But then I was basically isolated, uh, lying in bed, and okay, well, you know, well, what else to do than tweet, right? Um, so I'm not sure I buy that because I've noticed. That you have a very strict routine. Like you get up early, I'm assuming, like mm-hmm. uh, let's say 7.30. <laughs> yes. Then 8, 8 till 9 is your let's tweet at Emil Sotowski, at Fide Chess, let's Adieu. look for Adieu. Russian Adieu. flags no. on the internet. And then I'm at okay. 9, you're done. You probably bring your kids somewhere. You're going to play golf. And then it's the back back the next day. So I'm not sure it's isolated COVID related. No, that is it seems like there's a pattern there. Well, that is what happened. You are actually completely right that uh, you know I, I today I left my kid at uh, eight thirty to the you know those taking care of the golf, and then I I take up my computer, uh, I look at chess for eight minutes, and then I start tweeting for an hour. Right. So, so actually you you are you are spot on with that, but. You know, that wasn't the point, but the point was I came back and was planning this, you know, new life, you know, running in the forest, uh, listening to birds singing, this kind of yeah. stuff. And then you're just completely locked in for a week, right, with uh, COVID and, uh, and, and nothing to do. All, all no, your no, tweets no, with Dear Emil. No. Well, that one is when I have enough characters for that, yes. I mean, it depends okay. a bit. But uh, ah, okay. well, also, I've, I mean, I've seen that if you tag, uh, if you start with uh, tagging Emil as the first thing in a tweet, and it's only people who who follows me or him, well, who follows both of us, and then, well, of course, the rest of the world will not get to to see our debate, which we we think would be a loss. But actually, so I, I, I mean, add, like, I add dear first to sort of ensure that everybody sees it. So you you are just sort of tagging uh, Sutovsky, but now no, I that is that is that is really really not the case. Uh, yeah, quite of, often I started. Uh, well, he says that I'm chasing him. Uh, which, no, yeah. no, it's okay, it's okay. But, no, but, <laughs> but I, mean, I want to point out that well, quite often it's me who tweets out in a general tweet, and he comes in and says that you know now I'm lying again, and then I respond to that. That's it's that a, I would say is our to, normal relationship. To me. 
But actually, you, you wanted to have a debate uh, before election, yeah, yeah. maybe still now, but you, would you also have a debate with Sutovsky or Dvorkovic? And because Dvorkovic is a president, so he's responsible. He's the guy elected. As you pointed out, I mean, uh, uh, Sutovsky is just an employee. So, I mean, basically, the elected person tells him what he gets to do. And he does it. I mean, this yeah. is what uh, this is how it should work. I don't know if it works like that. Probably not. Well, I think generally Dvorkovic should be interviewed by a, a critical journalist. That has not happened for, for he, half he, he shouldn't have a debate with you. So you, you think... Uh, I oh. would be happy to. I mean, we, we, I mean, but that, I don't know. That would be a bit weird. Well, it's just that, well, me and Sotovsky has had this idea of debate for, for more than half a year. And uh, I think that the chess world... So you are choosing Sotovsky. Embar- embarrassing. I think it doesn't matter. I think if I start debating with Dvorkovic, I mean, Dvorkovic should debate with, uh, with with a journalist instead. I think that would be more reasonable. Yes. I okay. think, uh, Who do you think about more during the course of the day, Dvorkovic <laughs> or Sutovsky? <laughs> I mean, we know the answer. Go on. <laughs> yeah. I, for me, it's and like... Everyone uh, knows. No, no. no. It's, uh, I actually think more about chess openings if you really want to know. <laughs> Come on. That's, really? No, no. That's, that's your... You're, you're wrong you're about default. No, I'm just a chess <laughs> no. purist. No, I'm not purist, but uh, I mean, you underestimate how much I think about chess openings. I mean, I think on the contrary, we, we know that. Well, pe- we, I mean, we usually don't mock you for your. No, but also chess people should understand. Prowess. I mean, some That's people successful. say that you know, why don't you work on chess instead of tweeting? But it's exactly when you work on chess that you also tweet, because modern chess work is giving the computer a bit of time. So the typical thing is that... Ah, you, you, so you work on chess from 8.30 till 9.30? No, that's not how it works. You you work on chess and you say, ah, oh, this is an interesting idea. Then you let the computer look at it for a minute and you, in order not to interrupt it, you, you tweet and then you go back and see the evaluation. So I will say... So you are giving away that you have a weak computer? <laughs> no, I think that giving it a bit of time... Come on, Magnus, pay for some remote engines, finally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, don't give away my mythology. Uh, I uh, but uh, no. You still I, have this quad core, this, this ten kilo thing. Uh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You used to have this super heavy laptop. No, no, not anymore. I mean, now I've. Well, I think. Well, me and Vichy was generally ahead technology wise compared to others in the sense that we had, for instance, <laughs> I remember that uh, in 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 Mexico 2007 when he became the world champion the first time with with uh, me as a coach the second time for him. Well, me and Vichy was bringing this uh, laptops that uh, indeed was very heavy. While Fanveli, who was the coach of Kramny, came with a sort of a slim Ferrari laptop that indeed looked cool. While ours was uh, absurdly ugly and uh, noisy, but but quite uh, efficient uh, in a way. It actually reminds me of this uh, very funny joke joke by oh, it's embarrassing. Uh, Ken Thompson from uh, Google, right? I mean, he was going to. To Russia, or at that point, the Soviet Union, together with Frederick Friedland, he was bringing a a laptop, and they sort of were asking him, in the I think, well, can it be used as a weapon? And he said, well, if you drop it out from an airplane and it hits someone, it's going to hurt. I was basically the same kind of laptop that we were having. I mean, this was this, uh, yeah, you know, extremely heavy. And I think at some point uh, we used them so much, analyzing that uh, it it melted down. And I think at 
you know, you can picture it's a, it's a true story that Vichy was standing for ten minutes with having the co- the computer up at the the air conditioning in order to to get it to work again. So yeah. I mean, yeah, this is the kind of stuff that we, we I was using to do, some do, do together before we we started fighting for the ele- the elections. But these days, laptops are too weak, right? So you are just using some kind of. Uh, There's cl- a story that Kremnik he would do these deep position analysis overnight, but the computer would get so noisy that he had to put them in the in the bathroom. No. Well, so uh, that I don't know. He was putting. I, I mean, like that, that was me, as, at least, I'm for sure. I mean, I remember he, at some point basically sleepwalking into the the bathroom at night and then looking. Okay, ah, that's, it's analyzing the you know the Marshall as well, right? So I mean, no. When Kamnik, uh, when Kamnik, uh, when I was working with Kamnik, he didn't want a single computer to be out of job. Yeah, so basically, it was all over the place, running <laughs> some. Uh, Deep position analysis, yeah, exactly. That was the name. Uh, but Kramnik would actually would come and check out your night. stuff. Check out at your night, right? This deep position analysis. Yeah, you of course. You got these endless trees of three moves per position, but I never gained. That yeah, he was, he was, he was, he was feeling better when the seconds were not slipping. Mm-hmm. So he was, he, he was saying that uh, some day, some nights, he would come to check because he's sleeping very late, actually, like three or four in the morning. So someday he would come to check and someday he would not come. And actually it was completely, it was 100% true. I mean, someday he would come to check and someday he would not come. But uh, I mean, you had to be there. <laughs> that, was, that was kind of a bit, um, yeah. yeah, we were pretty tired in Bonn. Yeah, I must say that. Uh, and the, the, the result were not... Uh, as, we would, as Hans Niemann would say, chess spokes for itself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Peter, I, I promised that in, in Thailand, during the last match, I did the same. I had a very good idea of where Laurent could be at 1 a.m. And I would go check, not every day, but most days, to see if he was there or not. And sometimes he was there, sometimes he wasn't. So no that's, just, uh, that's actually... Uh, yeah, that, that would be a fun joke, but actually it's completely true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Ah, but in Team Magnus, we basically gave up on these things. We just thought, that if you deliver the result, then uh, that's how it's, how it's going to yeah. be, right? That's how it works. So, yeah, that's what, how it how it works, and also, I yeah, mean, I don't know. Well, anyway, yeah, I think we shortchanged Peter here by well, yeah, distracting from what's what's on your on your mind with chess politics and where you want to go and so on and so forth. Ah, right? uh, you mean if. Uh, you want me to announce that I'm running in 2026? Or what are you talking about? No, we wanted no, to, you, you want, to talk about it. No, but in general, you, you haven't uh, mentioned about uh, yeah. flag. what's bothering you with FIDE. Right now, uh, so. uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of things uh, does, no doubt. I mean, well, I think we're going to walk into some trouble. I don't know if you saw, but they announced uh, the the women's, uh, I don't know if it's called Grand Prix. Um, and, uh, well, again, they have, uh, well, I would say fixed the pairings. So in the first uh, edition, uh, there will be, I think, uh, only Ukrainian players and, and no Russians. So for 2022, it's not going to be a problem. And for FIDE's decision to sort of, uh, I think, uh, disallow something with, with Russians is only for 2022. So the test is going to be in 2023. And especially, I think, uh, what's going to be very complicated is in, in May, uh, the last edition of the Grand Prix is going to be in Poland. And uh, the three times I tried pronouncing the name, my wife was telling me that it was completely wrong. So I will just say it's uh, going to be in a, in a Polish city that's not Warsaw. Uh, and there, there's going to be both Ukrainian, Polish and uh, Russian players. And uh, 
that's in May, so I understand it's like, uh, you know, quite some time from now. But Poland has been by far the the, the most hardliner country towards Russian uh, sports persons, if you remember. That uh, Poland refused to play against uh, Russia in football, and uh, Russia was kicked out for the qualification after the, the FIFA World Cup for, for that in football. Uh, Poland, uh, when there was like 35 countries signing that there should be no Russian in um in in no Russians with Kremlin connections in in, in leading positions in sport federations like Dvorkovich and uh, also to have more bans on Russian uh, athletes. It was the Polish sports minister who was gathering votes like this. Poland is really the hardliner country here. So this is going to be a very strange and, and complicated position that's going to happen in eight nine months. And uh, me uh, always trying to you know look in advance and help feed, feed a wide problem. Of course, immediately notified Emil Sotovsky of that uh, issue. But that's very. Kind of kind, you? Thanks, thanks. <laughs> uh, we call it pro- prophylactic uh, tweeting, right? But um, but in general, how is it? Because I'm I'm confused. So you have this women's Grand Prix, mm-hmm. and both Ukrainian and I'm assuming Russian players under Fide Plek Flek are playing. Yes, they are paired in a way that they're not in the same yeah. result. No, this is this is this is the this is the like this is the candidates it? actually you are thinking. The of. candidates, oh, okay, candidates, sorry. they split it up like this: that uh, the two Ukrainian uh, Mochichuk sisters is in uh, one bracket, and the others uh, three Russian players uh, Goroshkina, Lakno, and Kostenyuk is in uh, the other bracket. And uh, the winners of these brackets were played separately. Will then have to play uh, a match. So it's only if a Ukrainian and a Russian. And win. that's not because yeah. of chance. That's because they did. Well, uh, yeah. they didn't. They in, this is also typical in English. They have not admitted it's the case, but uh, I'm getting the impression you didn't see Sotovsky's mega interview to Russian Sport Express. There, he said that they they did it for political uh, reasons. Um, so they did. Yeah, I don't know, of course. Uh, no easy answers here, but it's well, strange to me. Well, like I mean, say, no, I think it's fine sense. for them to play under Fede Fleck, then they should also be fine to play. Yeah, I would in guess that, other competition. Well, it is it is it is strange that we actually willingly are fixing the parents to avoid this problem. I mean, at least we yeah, should... Someone will have a sporting no, advantage, not much, but like... No, it's just I think it'd be unfair. Kostenyuk was complaining about it and saying that uh, some players' uh, point of view has not been taken into account. And I get her point. I mean, she's one of the lower rated, so now she will be paired to play Goryaskin in the first match. While if it was a candidate, would all play all. They would all play the, the same pool of players. While now, well, we all know being a lower rated in a knockout has the disadvantages. So I, I think she has a reasonable case. But, well, what I dislike is this sort of, I would say, dishonesty in not... A, saying we're going to do it for political reasons, and B, not having the debate first and doing it afterwards. We just see that it has, has happened. I would say that, well, you could say that it's to protect the Russian players. You can also argue it's to protect the Ukrainian players, because I think under the current rules, Ukrainian players are not allowed to play against Russian players. So it would obviously be, be very complicated. Come on, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's to protect Ukrainian players, it's clear. Well, Which, I mean... Yeah, you can also argue it's, it's, it's in order to protect uh, Russian players who will then not be kicked out. I mean, this again, this uh, FIDE are trying to portray this image that the IOC recommends that they play under the uh, FIDE flag. But, well, I mean, uh, the IOC president said on... Yeah, yeah, but the IOC president said on the 11th of August that the IOC is still recommending that uh, Russian and Belarusian athletes should not compete. So, oh. I mean, it, it's a very, you know... 
Well, there's a lot of lot of interests. Yeah, no, of uh, course, of course, it's not some yeah. easy situations. That's for sure. Yeah. Bad Yeah, it sounds. Yeah, yeah, I understand it. Sounds very, very strange, but to me, it's yeah. If you if you allow Russian players to play under the defeated flag, then treat them as normal participants, but to have it both ways, or don't allow them, and then of course it's up to the Ukrainians or or whoever to to make that statement. Yeah. But yeah, either uh, don't have them play, which I'm sure you could find good reasons for, or have them play normally. But yeah, these two groups, I I guess it's probably done with good intentions, but just feels so artificial and it yeah. opens the doors to. I mean, so much generally, I mean, there was this uh, thing with Israelis and Iranians that Iranians was refusing to play, and then they would be, you know, banned. And well, you can argue it's the same here. But of course, we would not like to be in a situation where Ukrainians would say we're not going to play Russians, and then we have to disqualify the Ukrainians. So. Uh, but uh, I generally agree that uh, politics. But uh, now, in general, it's the top to do it in open tournaments. Uh, in many open tournaments, I remember Aliza, I couldn't play uh, at some point. Um, you against, couldn't play. Uh, sorry? When yeah. it was Iranian, I mean, he couldn't play. I mean, mm-hmm. he couldn't go to play against. It was some Genko Open. I remember a few. Few games where uh, Iranian players, I mean, like they, they could play, but they could, I mean, they could then go back to to their country if they they would play. So that would be, of course. Uh, but anyway, what? But, well, you can see what FIDE is doing. They are trying to postpone the problem. So you can see that in the women's candidates, they split them. So the situation might happen later, and you can see the same with the, the Grand Prix uh, that they are the first leg. They are avoiding the problem, so they will see later. So basically, they are hoping for international developments to solve the problems in, in, in time. Is my impression. Um, so we will see. But um, yeah, yeah. I'm okay. Gonna, yeah. Okay. Well, I can. I have material for an extra half hour on feed if you want. But we can. We can it's skip fine. it now. It's okay. fine. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, Follow at phs on Twitter, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and you won't miss any. Oof. Any news on any Russian flags? <laughs> That's for sure. Chess tournaments, uh, Russian chess federation. Yeah. Do we have chickens, Jan? Your favorite category? Yeah, I even thought about it while we were recording. Has anybody chickened out recently? Other? That's amazing. Actually, I can. I cannot think. I'm sure. I'm sure Anish made some draw in this um, crypto cup thing, but I don't think he did anything. Particularly, oh yeah, <clears throat> no, no, I'm not sure he's in, and there just wasn't enough chess. You put up a great fight at the, in the French Championship. Thank that you. would usually be you could just take the whole field of the French Championship, <laughs> yeah, yeah, chicken yeah, of the yeah, week. Yeah. But uh, it didn't happen. The Svane brothers they fought yeah. against each other in the German. It's a bad week for chickens. Sorry, it's just a chicken-free, chicken-free week. No, I was also thinking about yeah. it, and nothing came to mind. To be honest. Wow, amazing! I did the same, but yeah, no. All right, let's give it to to one one of our favorites, like Anish. Wesley. He hasn't played, but I'm sure. Oh, Anish! You think that it should All be right. like a lifetime award week that we just yeah. uh, he's gonna go into? No, normally, yeah. Laurent doesn't need a reason to introduce. It's, it's by, the, by, by by default. Chicken I mean. toss. Come on, Anish! He's not showing his prep in this online uh, stuff. And uh, these, people are watching. So scrappy marshals hiding while Magnus is out there showing all his ideas in one a three and yeah. one g six. Like actually, I didn't fighter. check. I didn't check much of Anish games. So I <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. 
No. <laughs> all right, slow chest week. What's coming up? They have all this stuff in. Sinkfield is gonna gonna I'm just doing go. Commentary yeah. on the Sinkfield, I think. Well, other than that, yeah. I think they start. Not much they start with Rapid and Blitz. Then comes Classical. Then comes 960. Right. I mean, they are basically doing a month. Is my impression. So. I like it actually. I mean, I, lo- I love this San Luis uh, tournament mainly because of when they start. It's 8 p.m. and it feels like you know I'm watching soccer or something. So I'm I'm, I'm really happy with that tournament actually. Uh, mainly because of its uh, starting time. Okay. Go. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 8 p.m. in Europe. Yeah. I mean, that's and it will be interesting to see. I guess the fields are always very, very interesting. I mean, with uh, uh, Grandchester players, I don't know who exactly uh, is playing the rapid, who exactly is playing the classical. I guess some people are playing both. Uh, I check, but, checked uh, it, but I, I think, well, Nepomian, Nachi, uh, Magnus, a uh, bunch of US players, uh, I would guess. A couple of others. Damn it. I mean, I give a serious impression. But uh, Yeah, and two Frenchy. Two Frenchies. Well. Okay. I think Maxim is there, that's for sure, actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, Aliaza? Could be. Oh, yeah. We'll see. Check out next week's episode where, <laughs> live on air, we try to guess the field of the sink. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to you Google it, but uh, I'm not really. Better. No, no. Yeah. yeah. No. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for listening this week. <laughs> I know you guys are on very busy schedules. Traveling. Oof. The... The French Alps? I have no idea where you are. No, I'm in the, in the southwest, as usual. No, okay, to the, I mean, if, you, if you're mentioning the French Alps, it's going to be a tale from the training camps, I'm sorry. I mean, this is a, a classic story when we had to climb mountains. Uh, we basically had a, the first two World Championship camps I was with with Laurent. We had to climb a mountain. It was part of our routine, right? And uh, I think that was a job, come on. Yeah, but I mean, you would start complaining, and I think the first time in Sa- <laughs> oh, you were very no. happy about it, yeah. No, the first no, time, on. the first time you you turned the rough highway. The next time you actually made it like eighty percent up the mountain, and then you spent a lot of energy trying to convince me we should turn back and walk all the way back, right? We were, I mean, we we couldn't go further. I mean, it was a disaster. We were well, lost, you, and you, we had. You told me the road was blocked. I went 10 meters uh, up and uh, no, it was not blocked. <laughs> I mean, and then we went there. I mean, I we, uh, you wanted us to go like five kilometers down. It was, would have been dark and everything like this. It would have been a disaster. Yeah, no, no, I agree. But I, w- I was kind of panicking because actually, I don't know if you remember, but we had no water, no nothing to eat. Yeah, it was a nothing. crappy situation. And indeed. Yeah, because uh, Magnus, like to help us, he took the, um, all of that. He was, I mean, taking that, but he was going yeah. too fast. And then he lost us. And well, I think we Mac- Mac- Maxim suddenly sort of like uh, he had uh, he went uh, very quickly ahead, and then Magnus went after him, and basically the two of us were stuck, right? And uh, yeah, also we managed to get the last lift down with like five minutes to go. No, this could have been a, a pretty no, no, yeah. sen- sensational thing, but uh, yeah. Anyway, anyway, the story could have been told better, but uh, well, you, you have yeah, to live with me. That's not great, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Let's face it. On that note. (laughs) Yeah, okay. (laughs) See you next week. Bye-bye. See you next week. Bye.